0: Welcome to the Bear Hill Club, a pro wrestling podcast of positivity. (laughs)
1: Everybody. it's wednesday it's 6 30 p.m gmt which means it's time for wednesday night paul greg here once again and i'm joined by Garrett. how's it going my friend
0: it's going pretty well my friend pretty good it's Brilliant. wednesday it's night it's poor it's raining it's pouring the old man dead COVID. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i've missed you man um so This week, we're kind of going straight into it. So uh, we're covering Black Wednesday free, I guess you would want to call it. So literally, as we went live just before we went live last week. WWE was getting the axe out again and doing another round of cuts, but with some quite surprising names. Um, So it's quite fitting that it's just you this week because I already got Scott and Jace's thoughts. But what was your kind of gut reaction when you first saw them? I wasn't surprised.
0: Um, I was surprised on a couple names. I wasn't surprised on most of them. I think one of them is the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard Mm -hmm. them doing um but but no you know they if they've got an investors meeting they want to raise their bottom line even though they've got record profits nothing new nothing shocking just capitalism working i guess apparently kill me
1: yeah i mean this, this is capitalism at play um What we're going to do, we're going to do what we did last time when there was a brand of cuts. We're going to go for each of the names, give like a rundown of what they did in their run with WWE, like ask if they did well, did they deserve better? And we'll obviously cast an eye at where we would kind of like to see them go next. But before we kind of go into it, I I want your opinion on this. So a lot of the rumor mill is that they seem to think all these cuts, because they've done way more than they did last year, is that WWE are looking to sell. What is your thought on that? Well,
0: it's it's difficult when you talk about wrestlers and promoters bookers people that run companies like that and and you try and get their intentions with a lot of the wrestlers that we're going to talk about now um for example the one just up there he has a passion for the business right and he's expressed so some of them i don't know if they do they didn't come from a wrestling background they were just kind of this was a job to them possibly and the same could be true with someone like Vince. Now you know, um, hmm. we saw that he, throughout his career, his ownership of the WWE and WWF, he's tried to make it a bodybuilding thing. He's tried to make it a boxing thing. He's started the XFL. He started the XFL again. Perhaps he might he might be done. It could be. It could be someone. Sinking the ship before they get off. I don't. I don't think it's that really, um, but it's. I don't know. Possibly keep him in just uh a, 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 I, I feel like even if he did sell, he would still be on as a. As a creative, you well, know. What, I don't think he I, would give up control.
1: That's what I said because, given when you look at the history, obviously WWE's. This big company, it's got board of directors, but when you actually look into it, Vince is very clever with who he gives control and what percentage. So, even though he only owns, last time I heard, it was a while ago, he only had, he only had forty nine percent of the shares. When you look at everyone else, they've got like maybe a one share or like a half a share. It's not, it, it's David out. So regardless, he is still in control. and I think even if he did sell off the company, he would want some kind of like you say, a control within that so he's not completely letting go of his baby.
0: <clears throat> the thing is as well is whoever they sell to, it being corporate America, would want him there as well. It's like yeah. it's a Steve Jobs, uh, Elon Musk type situation where they want to When if that person were to go, regardless of if they actually have any say or anything, they are the face and the front man and the person that they've that that historically the company has been doing well under Mm -hmm. so so yeah they they'd want to keep him around i doubt he'd want to go anywhere um i i am sure they've had talks with nbc or whoever um and they're still doing like relatively fine on the ratings all ratings are going down
1: in tv uh, world that's like everything across the board so yeah that's why i I, I always get like a bit annoyed that a lot of shows and dirty and youtube stuff always hang on the ratings being bigger than like still being the benchmark for success when really it's not anymore i think
0: i think ratings the the demographic matters more than the rating right yeah aew at this point (laughs) (coughs) AEW at this point, practically, is worth just as much as the WWE in terms of demographic, because they have a better uh, demographic of people that are actually buying merchandise and advertisements that are on TV. Yeah. Um, but the WWE have such a wide-reach brand name, uh, merchandise, everything, globally. What matters a lot is... is how much content you have the backlog catalog that you've got how much you can keep pumping out and just keep eyeballs on things and where people are making money now is in streaming where there isn't advertisements or anything you know hmm. um wwe can almost skirt that line as well because not only can their talent be used in other advertising uh, pretty effectively um you can advertise during pay per views. You can buy, you bet you buy matches, right? Uh, uh, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead that bought a match and yeah, it had it zombies it in the it match. It <laughs> Snickers has basically sponsored entire years' worth of matches at this point, yeah. Um, Cricket Wireless. Uh, final fantasy gears of war they've all sponsored matches and they've probably paid a pretty penny for it and it's probably worked out like i bet the demographic crosses over pretty heavily
1: yeah yeah especially something like video games like for right. sure i think there's well, then, a big correlation between the two video games and wrestling fans for sure
0: so i can totally see how uh you know like people would want this product for their service if I mean, it's already on Peacock. Is it, it's not live on Peacock. They just have the network, right? But they've got the, the pay per views.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's still, uh, it works similar like to how it does over here. Like it, they've got those TV deals. So it has <laughs> to go on USA first. Over here, it would have to be on Sky first. And then a week later, it'll be on the network. I think that's probably how it works. That's how at least it works in the UK. Like if we, it's on like at least a week or two week delay before it comes on the network over here for like Raw and SmackDown and now NXT. Mm. Be interesting to see
0: where it goes. I don't think television is dead or dying.
1: No, no, uh, no. it's just changing, basically. Right. I mean, Following.
0: if you, uh, I don't, I can't remember who I spoke to. This spoke to, told this to last. It might have even been on this podcast. I don't remember. Do you know the trend uh, between the Oscars and the Game Awards? No. Sorry. Yeah, like like how the viewership is trending. Okay. Um, no, no. So, the Oscars back in like like let's say I don't think the Game Awards have been going for 10 years, but equivalent like 10 years ago. Yeah. The Game Awards had like a million viewers. The Oscars had about like what 70 plus million, you know, hundreds of millions really globally. Yeah. And as as the years have gone on, uh it's traded massively whereas the last oscars had something like 9 million the most recent game awards had like 80 million and going up uh like it's only gonna skyrocket more and this is something that's on twitch for free and youtube and all these other streaming services and people advertisers are probably paying less to advertise directly to gamers uh than Coca Cola is to advertise to geriatric people on on the Oscars. So yeah, things are get like, but the Oscars aren't going anywhere. They're not yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to leave TV. Same as I doubt WWE or AEW or wrestling as a whole. These TV stations aren't going anywhere. They still got spaces to fill. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see a tandem
1: like uh, it's live online and on TV. Well, I mean, AEW is sort of <clears throat> doing that already with the fact that you've got Dark and Elevation on YouTube, but then obviously mm-hmm. Dynamite and I guess this new Rampage show will be strictly on TV. So there is already much there. And like a lot of wrestling companies are already using, I think Ring of Honor regularly like shows their stuff on Twitch as well. So there are like a lot of companies that are already kind of Crossing both paths, where you'll have the TV deal, but then they'll also have their online content. I suppose you call it.
0: I mean, we look at WWE's forays into that space already. Yeah. Uh Mix match challenge was streamed live on Facebook Watch now. It's Facebook Go, whatever the fuck they were trying to make when they were trying to make Facebook the uh, a new Vimeo uh, yeah. or whatever. Now there's Facebook Gaming as well. I don't know. Uh, what? Facebook Facebook Gaming bought Mixer. Do you know Mixer?
1: No, I do not remember Mixer.
0: So when I before I started streaming on here, I was I was streaming on Mixer because I was like, this is the future. This is the future. There's so there was <laughs> Mixer Mixer was uh, Microsoft's go at online streaming, and it was pretty good. Like it worked <laughs> really really well. Uh, there was lots of easy streaming tools and things like that, and there were um one of the best features was like. You know when chat pops up, obviously. Yeah. The latency between chat popping up is instantaneous. Someone would type a message, hit enter, and it's there. So it was like instant reactions. Facebook, Brian, that's pretty interesting. Uh, I I would love a a, a WWE. Granted, I've actually never watched a, a, a wrestling show with a chat open. I think it would be very interesting to watch a WWE pay-per-view and just, you know, the Undertaker pops up and then everyone's like, oh, Pogs and chat, Pogs and chat. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah. like, like a Pepe the Frog, but it's uh, it's the Undertaker <laughs> with, with his eyes rolled back or something. All right, well, I guess that's going to have to be the Bear Hug Club's first emote. Um, <laughs> Get on it, man. <laughs> I could do that. You could do that. <laughs> it's interesting to see where it goes. But back to the main point. I don't know if he'd even want to give it to anyone else other than sell it you know i don't know if you want to hand it down to uh steph uh or hunter Shane, yeah or if he just want to sell it and have them as creatives
1: yeah i mean you've got to wonder what they if that is the case i wonder what they must be thinking because i mean They were obviously the ones who were meant to be taking the throne off him. And then now he's like, no, I want to sell it on. Give it to someone else. Give it to Disney Plus. Put it on there.
0: It's really not out of the realms of possibility at all. It's not. Uh, I mean, we
1: said last week Disney Plus would be like, because when when we announced this before we recorded last week, I did have a lot of comments from people saying a lot of people are obviously really against the idea of them selling to the big soulless Corporation. Even though they, they are, not. they are the, the so biggest corporation. corporation. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, well, less for the two evils. I would much prefer to see it on something like Disney Plus, where they've got a track record of taking brands and at least keeping them as separate brands. Like, fair enough. You go on Disney Plus, you see Marvel, but it's Marvel Studios. It's not Marvel Studios with the castle appearing before Avengers. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they've they've got a track the... record of having sport brands. They own ESPN and. I guess, I don't know if they own the Fox one now, but they've, they own sports brands, so they at least know what to do with it.
0: It'd be very interesting where other companies see that. Uh, you look at um, you look at AEW moving from TNT to TBS. TNT was the sport one. TBS is where you have things like Conan and you've got comedy things and, and dramas and whatnot, I think. I don't know if there's too much dramas on there. Um, hello, Thomas, how you doing? But with that, then, where do you think, you know, I think Disney would put WWE into their star thing. The yeah. More yeah. adult-orientated adult Fox I'm, programming.
1: I don't know. I could see, I mean, just legally, I could see it it getting the next banner on the home yeah, screen. A whole,
0: just the big W
1: on it. Yeah, just the big W appears there. And then- WWE, I mean, w- w- the w-
0: yeah. walt walt Walt, walt 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 walt
1: walt walt Walt. e there you go
0: because
1: <laughs> you gotta think if they did that i mean that is a ridiculous library the banks. is obviously not just wwe's they're getting the wcw the ecw whatever company they've bought on the tape library for and they're all going to put it in one place yeah. um at least then i'd only need one subscription which is great <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's one that's one i can just get rid of off the list that'd be great um, cuz I mean the thing is like the the big thing that people have been saying is that does the reports come out WWE want to be like Marvel whatever that means and it's, it's hard it, to kind of think all, what all want means, out of that
0: all it means is he wants money yeah that's he all wants it means the merch, basically uh it's why it's why there are a lot of instead WWE of the kid wearing in production right now with massive names yeah. they've got the Hogan one with uh Hemsworth they've got the Vince one with um Bradley Cooper, and I'm sure there's a, a shit ton of other things. The way, I mean, the way they the way they act is that every movie that Cena or um, or The Rock are in are WWE movies, or even Batista as well. I guess if you could class Army of the Dead as that. Uh, I'm sorry, you're doing doing, no, my guy. Man. I don't know if our wrestling talk uh, about business will get you to to uh, in the mood for, but you know, we'll there try you to go. bring the laughs, you know. <laughs> But yeah i can see what they want to do and
1: and marvelify it okay. i think basically when he says that he wants not that there are already kids doing this but he wants the majority of kids to instead of wear the spider-man shirt to school to wear the roman reigns one if they go to the toy store instead of picking out the spider-man action figure they're picking out the roman reigns one not that there are kids already doing that but he would like the idea of a lot more kids doing that
0: right right well maybe under someone else's leadership it, that could happen
1: Hey, so, you never know. We will see. We will see. Anyway, back to the main thing we're going to do. Should we start running through these names? Do a little back on them, say where we think they're going to go. Um, do you want me to take the wheel on the first one? Uh,
0: on. What, are we doing it by your list, or are we just doing it
1: pick and choose? Uh, we could do. We could even do it in list order, which means obviously you can go first, or we could pick and choose. It's up to you. Mm,
0: pick and choose. I could... I mean, I could go with that one first. It's a fairly big one. Should we, should, we
1: get, should we get the big guy out of the way first? Yeah, all right. Let's get the big guy out of the way first. Well, obviously, we're talking about... <coughs> I'd probably say the most shocking name that appeared on the list, which is, of course, Big Braun Strowman. So big, he's covering us up. Um, yeah, this is the one I think was the most shocking to a lot of people, given he barely a month ago was fighting for the WWE Championship, and it seemed like he was, you know, pretty prominent, still fairly big on the card uh so i mean yeah what what were your thoughts when you saw his name pop up
0: it doesn't make any sense to me braun Strowman was at one point in time not the hottest thing in wrestling but he was the biggest big man in wrestling yeah uh and he could have been a lesnar level he could have been a you know your practically your Andre or your Big Show or your uh, Vader type, you know? And for a yeah. while he kinda was and he had some alright kind of things. What what they've done is they've taken a dude who had no fucking interest in wrestling and they were like, you're fucking big. Get in the ring. And he's like, Oh okay. Good. Okay, yeah. And he went from just some fucking power lifter who you know, good at that, but like couldn't wrestle for, sh- for shit to someone who was actually pretty good, especially he what, good. He, what he did. Like he, he got really good for, um, wrestling as a big dude. He found his little niches and his really interesting moves and things that would pop the crowd as a face and things that would, you know, uh, really fuck you up as a monster heel, uh, had some really interesting moments. They gave him a lot of big men spots, flipped a fucking ambulance, a massive truck, all this kind of shit. Um, And then they just get rid of him. Yeah. I don't understand. He wasn't even on the kind of money you'd expect a Universal Champion to be on. Uh, I don't, I think it was around a million at that point when he signed his five year deal. But before that, he was not actually on too much. I think that was, I think he got the title and then they were like, all right, cool. Uh, Let's give you the big.
1: I was gonna say, he only got the million when he was finally in that picture, which was around, well, I think he signed that in 2019 and he didn't actually (laughs) win the Universal title till 2020.
0: So, well, yeah, they were just like, well, we're paying for him, so we might as well make the most of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, But you know, even before that, he was putting in the work. I think at one point he was on around 300k, uh, which relatively, compared to people that aren't doing as much as him, wasn't too much. You know, it's still a shit ton of money. Let's be yeah. real, but but just talking as someone who is uh, five foot seven on a <laughs> good day, five foot five. If you don't like me, um, <laughs> I don't need to eat a lot uh, to, to to keep up this this muscle mass right here, you know. Whereas Braun Strowman needs to eat a shit ton, you know. He yes. needs to work out. He needs to do a lot of work, and he did it. Like he was, he was, you know, relatively kind of pudgy at one point it's fair to say uh well not really he's still fucking jacked and huge oh yeah but he got cut you know he was like he got absolutely stacked and then to tell him to piss off i do, i just don't understand this one of all of them very mm-hmm. well i can't imagine he was like asking for his release no um no, definitely not I mean, I doubt. I don't. I wonder if he even knew it was coming. You know.
1: Well, I mean, the reports that came out afterwards saying is that they said he had his peak two years ago, which was when they would have given this deal anyway. So I don't know how that makes sense, unless it was very just like this is the one people point to when they say they could be possibly selling because it's a million dollars that they can save is what they're kind of pointing towards. Um, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> It, no it was, it's still shocking to me because I thought, like, again, he was just in the main event not long ago. He was still featured pretty prominently. He had a big match at Mania with Shane. Like, that was one of the few matches that had builds surrounding it and they did give some attention to. Um, and like, it's he'd been the first one to come a long time. Like you're saying, he's the first big man giant that they've had since maybe Big Show to come along and actually do well at it. And he's had the best when putting these notes together, I realized he's had the best career trajectory because he came in net with no background was green as hell had those trousers on that made it look <clears> like, <throat> like he pissed himself all the time and then got really good like people he got fan support behind him and all they had to do was basically put him in squash matches and have yep. him flip shit over and it yep. worked and people fell in love with the big guy
0: yeah i mean he was really over for like when he was uh, fighting roman when you know roman wasn't a heel at that point but but he was over as fuck. And then he started doing a lot of face things. Like he did this whole like thing where he ran around and he hit everyone around the ring. It's fucking great. Like yeah. he got really, really fucking good at the role that he needed to play. And I'm, I'm sorry, but
1: hot, hot take. I loved the thing with Nicholas. Fair enough. Like, yeah, no, I, th- I think it was good. As much as WWE as as ruins the tag division and you could say that didn't help it. For his character, it was the perfect thing. Like, he's a monster to adults, but he cares about the kids.
0: It, yeah, it, it was
1: such a good layer to his character.
0: It, it, it was one of the, the greatest face things. I'm not a child, uh, but if I was one and I was like, as a kid, I just wanted to protect yeah. him titles, uh, I would, I probably would have popped off, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think especially during that card... Uh, I think that was like the second to main like second to last main event. Perfectly placed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did did yeah. a great job, a great feel-good moment. Uh also, you know, he, he squashed a I like tag team wrestling. He did squash a tag team, but it was fine. And Cesaro and Sheamus, I think, were on we're were like nearing the end of their run at that point as uh, as tags. But yeah, no, I thought that was great. Uh if we're gonna go through everything bit by bit. Uh, He signed with WWE in 2013. Uh, He was sent directly to the Performance Center. He had no previous background in wrestling, as we were saying, but he was clearly brought in because he was a fucking monster bodybuilder. Um, uh, For the first two years of his career, he had sporadic appearances in NXT live events or dark matches for shows like Main Event. On August 24th, 2015, so two years later, he made his debut on the main roster, attacking Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose to align himself with the Wyatt family. He'd be featured pretty prominently as the Wyatt's new muscle and WWE's newest monster. However, it was clear he was still very green. He also wore trousers that were piss pants. He wore piss pants. Yeah. He looked like he'd pissed himself, uh, which is very cruel of the, uh, of the costume department. Yes, it was. Yeah. As part of the 2016 draft, Strowman would be sent to Raw, effectively ending his time in the Wyatts and beginning his run as a single star. They built him incredibly well by going back to the old school method of placing him in squash matches by having him beat local talent, most notably James Ellisworth, each week in a matter of seconds. Eventually, he would move on to a bigger name such as Sin Cara, Sami Zayn and have micro feuds with him, always coming out on top in a dominant fashion. After a brief chase of the Universal title at the beginning of 2017, Braun would finally enter his feud of notice against Roman Reigns. Despite being the heel in the feud, support for Braun went through the roof, as this was still in the midst of the crowd rejecting Reigns. The feud was halted slightly when Strowman did receive an elbow injury, which put him on the sidelines for two months. However, when he returned in time for SummerSlam, where he would be featured in a fatal four-way for the Universal title. Strowman's popularity was ascending during this time with a big reason for that being the ridiculous feats of strength ww scripted for him to do this included him flipping over several vehicles including an ambulance pulling down a whole piece of staging with a grappling hook i forgot about that one and yeah. making the entire <laughs> ring collapse after suplexing the big show off the top of the rope i think uh they always talk about moments one of the biggest things they go on about is you know wrestlemania moments yeah. and that nicholas thing was a wrestlemania mania moment but what braun was able to do is do moments quite a lot of the time whenever you needed him to. Yeah. Yeah. Like I
1: think if you look back as great, you won't remember a good match, but you'll remember, oh, we did this and he did that and it was really Mm cool. Yeah. That's what you want. Yeah. After
0: failing to capture the Universal title at SummerSlam, Strowman had a brief return to his feud with Reigns, this time being involved with the Miz's crew to try and destroy the reformed Shield. He took part in the 5-on-2 handicap match at TLC in which Reigns was replaced by Kurt Angle due to illness. Uh, To round off this year going into 2018, Strowman will be part of the Raw Survivor Series team and also had a brief feud with Kane. In the build to WrestleMania 34, Strowman won a battle royale, giving him a number one contender shot at the tag titles, despite not having a partner. A lot of the mystery going into Mania was built around Strowman. Would he pick someone we knew as a partner, or would he go for a child in the audience? <laughs> uh, they would have to vacate the belts the next night on Raw due to Nicholas having to go to school. <laughs> Looking back on it, I still think that I do think that's great. Yeah,
1: um, that's the best way to vacate the belts. Mm-hmm. I, re- I remember the promo and he's like, sorry, <coughs> he's got to go to school.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, Strowman would have continued momentum, though. Next, going on to win the greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia, he also beat the record for most eliminations, gaining 13. Following this, he would then go on to win the Money in the Bank ladder match. Strowman would carry the briefcase all the way to Hell in a Cell that year, where he cashed in to fight Lesnar. He would fail to win, uh, uh, it ended in no contest. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I always disagree with this kind of character having the money. Well, I don't not
1: disagree. Well,
0: I, th- I thought it was weird for him to have the money in the bank. Then they give it to Lesnar as well. and it, uh, Yeah. Later
1: on. And it's. I don't well, know. If I'm right, if I'm right, I think the reason why I added the no contest thing, like, I think this is when they had a string of Hell in the Cell matches that kept ending in no contest. And it's like, it's Hell in the Cell. Like, it shouldn't end in a no contest. But I agree. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he, he was someone who never needed the money in the bank and it was never. It was either a on conclusion he was going to win in dominant fashion or you put him against Leslie and he probably wasn't going to win. That's the thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, for the rest of the year, nope, it was during this time he entered a f- pretty forgettable feud against Baron Corbin who had become the Raw GM at the time. I forgot about GM Corbin. The yeah. 319 role, Don would end up in a feud with Colin Jost and Michael Che. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Of Saturday Night Live fame which resulted in all three men being involved in the Under the Giant Battle Royale that year with Strowman winning. For the rest of the year, Strowman would still be featured uh pretty prominently, having feuds with them with the likes of Bobby Lashley and teaming with Seth Rollins to take on the OC. However, with most notable uh moment of the year came when he started a feud with boxer Tyson Fury. This resulted in the pair having a match at Crown Jewel, which Strowman lost by count out, but he did lay Fury out with a running power slam. Booked a bit weirdly, but
1: Yeah. Fury. It was, it was, it was headline-grabbing stuff, though. like It was everywhere. It's what WWE wanted, basically.
0: Well, to go from someone in 2013 who's never stepped in a ring to yeah. go to uh, calling a match, most likely. I'm assuming he called that Fury match. Carrying yeah. it. Uh, I think that was a main event, wasn't it? Oh. Um, no, maybe not. It might not have been the main event. I think maybe that was a taker thing.
1: Yeah, it'd have been up
0: there, but I don't think it was. <laughs> Regardless, really high profile match to have to trust the dude to, you know, not kill Tyson Fury on a botched slam or something. Yeah. Uh, tremendous. Um, so later on in 2020, Strowman achieved his biggest career win at WrestleMania 36. After COVID 19 hits and places went into lockdown, many wrestlers stopped working to protect their health. This resulted in the match of Roman Reigns versus Goldberg for the Universal title having to be changed with Strowman uh, being Reigns' replacement. He would beat Goldberg in a pretty dominant fashion, becoming one of a few people to do so and gaining him the universal title. That's another strange thing. Firing yeah. firing him after beating Goldberg.
1: Yeah, uh, like literally a year later, firing him you,
0: as well. You don't get to... With a character like Goldberg, you don't get to beat Goldberg. It's like mm. um, It's like having someone beat Taker at Mania. You don't get to do that with many people. And when you do, to get rid of them is a very strange thing. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I agree. He then would immediately feud with Fiend Bray Wyatt. Uh, the feud was built pretty well, drawing on their history in the Wyatt family and then bringing in Alexa Bliss for Wyatt to use his Braun's affections for her after their time as partners in the Mixed Match Challenge, which was on Facebook. Uh, the end of the feud came with Strowman losing the belt to the Fiend at SummerSlam, ending his reign at 141 days. He failed to get the belt in a rematch, which was won by Roman Reigns. Following this, Strowman would... Uh, only have one more notable feud leading uh, to taking place in 2021. In the build of WrestleMania, Shane McMahon would regularly taunt and humiliate Braun by implying and calling him stupid. It was a bit strange. Uh, it didn't completely gel with the audience, but it did lead to an entertaining steel cage match on night one of WrestleMania 37. It seemed like Strowman was still going to be a prominent member of the WWE uh as following this he had another shot at the wwe title at backlash against sorry i'm not going to call it wrestlemania backlash it's backlash it's back I'm Backlash. i'm not calling yeah. it fucking wrestlemania backlash <laughs> is it are we about to go to wrestlemania backlash SummerSlam? Um, no anyway uh, it was anyway. against drew mcintyre <laughs> and bobby lashley the match was highly celebrated but a few shots uh, a few short weeks later he would be shockingly released I, I apologize, apologize for my notes. Yeah, I I'm spelling. reading it fine, and you're fucking spelling it wrong. I know, Anytime I, I say anything wrong, it's this guy. It's this this guy Maybe. over here.
1: I wrote them all while I was at work today. What do you want from me?
0: <laughs> quit, your, quit your job, obviously. Um, I wish. <laughs> I think this is the most shocking on the list, and it's very strange. Yes. Braun Strowman has said before, this was said, you know, when he was in the good books. He said, I am never setting foot in a ring again if it's not for, you know, Vince. I, I won't work. I won't wrestle. I'm done well, with wrestling if I'm not wrestling for the
1: WWE. There's also that and then um, it's a question of what are people's are people going to want to reach out to <laughs> him? because He uh, he was quite known for Bad Mouth and a lot of other places on Twitter if, I'm, if I remember correctly. Uh,
0: there was a lot of backstage things that I'm told he kind of he kind of was a bit arsey here mm-hmm. and there and um he he badmouthed indie wrestlers during COVID.
1: Yes, that was the thing I think I remember and he said some pretty harsh things when they were like going through a really bad time and it was like this is poor timing, brawn you shouldn't say this stuff.
0: Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> well yeah. you're out you're out of work, you should get a get a job type thing. It's like, yeah. It's like yeah. well, well Braun. Ugh. Uh Hold on, is that is that something I sowed, and I and I'm supposed to reap it? Uh, well, he's fine though. I'm sure he's minted.
1: So yeah, fine. yeah, he dabs at his tear with a hundred dollar note. Mm-hmm.
0: There we go. I okay. Let's let's say where we would like him to end up if he does want to do that. The thing is, he'll probably end up being rehired by
1: WWE anyway. I think so. I, I feel like this is if you look at those names. That would be the guaranteed one that Vince would eventually want to bring back in. Maybe for less money. Maybe this is just a power play on Vince's behalf to try and drop that contract a bit. It's it's been done before, you know. It's such, it's such
0: a ridiculous system where you can sign a contract and then just the contract holder can just say "fuck off." I mean, I think he gets yeah. six six months, three three or six months of his downside payment. He doesn't get, you know, bought out of his contract, which a normal contract really should. Because, yeah. you know, that so many of these people are being kicked out and they planned they planned a, a life. They bought a house. They put down payments on things, you know. And now they're just fucked. Um, yeah. I don't know if Strowman is in that boat, but... Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I do wonder what he'd do. I doubt he'd go back to powerlifting uh i don't i'm not sure what the longevity of a powerlifter is
1: um i mean maybe even if it's not something like that maybe maybe he does try to go into acting i mean i'm not saying he will be like the next Batista or a rock but i mean maybe like a kurgan you know to be honest he was the best
0: part of holmes and watson you know big fan may- of those movies <laughs> i want i wanted to die I would rather watch. I would rather watch uh, the four-hour Zack Snyder cut of Justice League nineteen times before I watched Holmes and Watson again. So bad. Damn hot
1: take. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like he does. He wouldn't be the star, but you could easily hire him to be just big, big man Bond henchman. You know, doesn't have to say sure. anything. Just has to smash shit up and get into a fight. You know i wouldn't i wouldn't be
0: surprised if i see him in just like a steven seagal movie uh layer down the line uh yeah it's a shame selling
1: for be a good seagal
0: (laughs) i think the best place for him in the wrestling world is i think maybe the best people that could book him might be nwa maybe
1: Ah, uh, that's, that's not a terrible shout. I, I was thinking either... I was thinking probably his Impact, something like that. I don't, I don't know. I don't see him on AEW, and a lot of people seem to think that's where they go. I don't see that happening. I don't no. think... Tony Khan is... Even though that they do go through... They, they, they bring in a lot of people quite often. I still think Tony Khan <laughs> is smart with where he puts his money and who he wants on the brand, and I just don't... When they've already got someone like a Lance Archer who's a way more, like, a better big man. You know, they've already got quite a few there. I don't think they need a a Braun Strowman to come on. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. For for me, NWA looks like the kind of place where you could book him fairly well. Uh, Should he go somewhere else? New Japan has a history of really good big men. Oh, that's true. I I don't know if that works this day and age, but... It yeah, because but when you
1: if when you think of New Japan now, they've got big men, but they're the sort of modern big man, if that makes sense, like a Jeff Cobb or a Shingo Takagi. Like they're not only monsters, but they can wrestle pretty damn well. Yeah, one of one of the best big men they
0: have is uh, Tomohiro Ishii, and he's like my height. You yeah, know? but he <laughs> you don't think it because he carries himself. He's called the Stone Pitbull for Christ's yeah. sake. Uh, I don't know. I hope. All of these people land on their feet. Yeah, uh, Braun Strowman absolutely. is one of those people who has a lot of stock in them, so could go somewhere. And, you know, he's genetically, uh, to, to, to coin a phrase from um, uh, uh, Charlotte Flair's, I think I think it was Michael Cole that said about Charlotte Flair, uh, he is genetically
1: superior. So, there you go. There you go. Well, I'll think what's jump on to the next one so we'll cover ruby riot next um was this one shocking to you all i felt like this kind of was a little bit maybe not on the same level as a brawn but i would have thought given when doing the notes i realized she's not actually been there for as long as i thought she had and she didn't achieve anywhere near what a lot of the women have but she still seemed like a prominent name that they could rely on if you know what i mean it was a bit like when Heath Slater got released. I was surprised at him getting released because you heard you hear a lot backstage that they were happy that the fact he would just kind of show up and do what was needed of him, even if it was quite damaging to his character. You know what I mean? He was just a team player and it seemed like that's kind of what Ruby was. Uh, and I thought that's the kind of people they did like to keep because then it meant, you know, they could just basically do what they want with them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think I was surprised because of them... Uh firing uh what now two thirds of the riot squad um one of them was pregnant at the time I think maybe she got pregnant after I forget but um yeah I'm not really surprised which is annoying because she's fucking like brilliant. Oh yeah um and now you look at the depth of the women's rosters on SmackDown has like seven women. That all that's, that's, not, that's not an exaggeration either that's that's basically how much they have um and it's just very strange like three two two or three years ago you you asked me like okay when AEW was starting mm. um and one of the biggest criticism that everyone has of AEW is that their women's division isn't very good uh not that the women aren't it's just not very it's not booked yeah very well the uh, and then covid high. happened and they you know couldn't get some of the women over from japan or from the uk um it like i would have said to you yeah wwe has the best women's division it'd be crazy for like a uh any wrestler to go anywhere but wwe for the women's division now it's like nah you've got so many options now oh yeah that are that are better that are just far better and we'll we'll have better feuds and 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 we'll just book you better and have people for you to f- fucking wrestle. It's crazy. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. Ruby Riot is amazing. Uh indie name is uh some fucker Lovelace. Yep. Something Lovelace.
1: Heidi Lovelace. Heidi Lovelace. I this you You're close. close. <coughs> so I think well we'll probably get to that in a second. We'll quickly run through the notes just to kind of show what her run was like. So before signing with WWE, Riot had a pretty successful career in the indie circuit. Uh, as we mentioned, wrestling as Heidi Lovelace, and she worked in the likes of OVW, Shine, uh, Shikara, and even Stardom. Uh, in December 2016, it was reported that she had signed with WWE and then she'd gone straight to the Performance Center and she'd made her NXT TV debut on March 22nd. Um, but her time with the black and gold brand was pretty brief. Uh, she had a few notable matches. Uh, I think the main one, I think a lot of people remember, was the Fatal 4-Way with her, Asuka, Ember Moon and Nikki Cross at TakeOver Chicago. That, um, that was the one I remembered quite fondly. Uh, other than that, I think she was only there for a couple of months. She was had one of the shortest tenures in NXT. She got called up pretty quickly. Uh, on November 21st, 2017, episode of SmackDown, uh, Riot made a debut on the main roster alongside Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan by attacking both Becky Lynch and Naomi and turning the group heel. Later that night, they interrupted a match between SmackDown's champion Charlotte Flair and Natalia and attacked both of them. And the following week, the trio dubbed the new game, came with the new name, the Riot Squad. Uh, they made the in ring debut and actually defeated Flair, Natalia, and Naomi uh, in a six woman tag match. So starting off pretty strong there. I mean, even back then, Flair was pretty much you know, peak of the women's division and still the one booked prominently. And you've got like the old like the old hands there of Natalia and Naomi. So they started off pretty strong when they debuted. Um on the January twenty eighth uh I'll again. On January twenty eighth, twenty eighteen at the Royal Rumble event, Wright competed in the in the first ever women's Royal Rumble, uh lasting about eleven minutes, but was eliminated by Becky Lynch and Vicky Guerrero Uh, Oh, no, she eliminated Becky Lynch and Figueroa before she was eliminated by Nia Jax. Uh, Riot would challenge Flair for the Women's Championship at Fastlane, but was unsuccessful. Uh, And Riot also competed in the first ever Women's Battle Royal at the WrestleMania 54 kickoff show, and again was unsuccessful in winning that one. On April 16th, the Riot squad were drafted to Raw as part of the 2018 shakeup. Uh, later that night, the group attacked both Bailey and Sasha Banks during their match. Two weeks later, Riot defeated Banks in her first match on Raw. And six days after that, at the backlash kickoff, she defeated Bailey. Uh, the following night, Riot competed in a winning the Bank qualifying match against Banks and Ember Moon, but moon pinned uh, Riot for the victory. She competed in a goal match on the May 20th Raw, but was unsuccessful. And uh, on the August 6th episode of Raw, uh, after she was signed on knee, it resulted in Morgan and Logan in defeating Bailey and Banton in a tag team match. Uh, in September, the Riot Squad began a feud with the Bella Twins, who aligned themselves with Ronda Rousey, and this prompted a six-woman tag team match to take place at the Super Showdown, where the Riot Squad were defeated. The Squad took part of the first ever Women's All-Pit Review Evolution, where they were defeated by Bailey, Banks, and Natalia. On November 12th, episode of Raw, Riot was named as the final member for Team Raw in the five-on-five elimination match. But during the event's kickoff, Riot and Natalia fought in the locker room, and this led Alexa Bliss removing them from the team and replacing them <clears> with <throat> Banks and Bailey. On January 27, 2019 at the Royal Rumble, Riot competed in the second Women's Royal Rumble match, entering at number 21 and lasting about 13 minutes, and eliminating four competitors before she was eliminated by Bailey. The following month, on February seventeenth, Riot challenged Ronda Rousey for the Women's Championship at Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, but was destroyed in under two minutes. Uh, the following night on Raw, right faced Rousey again. This time in an on-title match. However, she was once again defeated by submission. And on April 7th during the WrestleMania 35 kickoff show, right again competed in the Re- in the women's battle royal match, but that was won by Carmella that year. Uh, during the 2019 shakeup, uh, Morgan was moved to SmackDown, effectively ending the group, and following the disbandment, Riot underwent shoulder surgery to repair um, an injury she's had, she'd had for quite a while. Uh, Riot would return, though, from injury on February 3rd, 2020, sort of raw attacking in a former Right's Goal member Liv Morgan, which resulted in a match between the two with Sarah Logan as the special guest referee, where Liv was victorious after a fast count by Logan. At Elimination Chamber uh, on March 8th, Riot competed in the Elimination Chamber match, during which he was eliminated by win winner Shayna Baszler was that the one where Shana basically everyone smashed everyone. Yeah, for yeah. so yeah, yeah.
0: Fucking that was how you should have booked her. Book her at that time, and now she's fighting
1: dolls, and is going to lose. Oh God, yeah. <coughs> um, <laughs> after WrestleMania thirty six, right? Continued her feud with Morgan, where she lost her it twice on April 20th and 27th episode of Raw respectively. On the June 22nd episode of Raw, Riot attempted to console Morgan after a loss but Morgan immediately rejected her. Over the next couple of weeks, Riot started teasing a face turn by defending Morgan from bullying from the Iconics, initiating a feud from them in the process and on the July 13th episode of Raw, Riot turned face, where she formed an alliance with Bianca Belair and the two defeated the Iconics in a tag team match the same night. On August 3rd, episode of Raw, Ruby appeared on the Kevin Owens show and apologised to the returning Liv Morgan, only to be interrupted by the Iconics. Later the same night, Liv decided to team with Riot to take on the Iconics in a winning effort. This would mark the beginning of the reformation of Morgan and Riot as the Riot squad. They would face the Iconics two more times at payback, and on August 31st, episode of Raw, Thunder the contendership for the Tag Team Championships, also forcing the Iconics to break up per stipulation. As part of the 2020 draft, they were both moved to SmackDown. And from then on, they didn't do a lot of note. I think the only last thing of note I could really spot was they were in, obviously, the match, uh, the tithing gauntlet match at this year's WrestleMania, where they were pretty dominant. I think they got two wins in that, but then were ultimately beat by Tamina and Natalia, And then, obviously, after this, Ruby got released. Uh-
0: you know, you know, I'll, I'll talk about what I always talk about is tag team wrestling. Mm-hmm. So I'll leave that for a oh, second. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when we talk about um, ambition and being the cream of the crop and, and, and all this kind of thing, I think what a lot of people get bogged down in is winning championships or headlining WrestleMania and you yeah. know, these big things. She did challenge for the women's title twice, right? I like it around twice. Uh,
1: I'd say a decent handful of times she's had she's had a shot. Put it that way,
0: right? Um, which is very commendable and something that I I hope is you know uh fills her with you know accomplishment for that. Um, however, WWE have been awful with tag teams for the longest time. Um, they introduced the new title, women's Tag team title. And had it defended in a fatal four-way tag team match. and then the match after that was an elimination chamber match. Yeah, yep. Don't understand. And then what <laughs> they do is it's just like they they have a very small women's roster with currently about seven, eight women on Smackdown. How the fuck are you gonna do? women's tag team like that and then it's like okay cool well uh, at least we've got some actual real tag teams we've got the iconics we've got the riot squad so we're gonna have the Riot squad face the iconics to break up the iconics then we're gonna fire the iconics and then we're gonna break up the riot squad and
1: then we're gonna fire the Riot squad so <laughs> firing tag teams yeah exactly <laughs> like you the one out of like x amount that they've actually got that proper women's tag teams And they've just got rid of another member from one of them and effectively ended that team. I just don't know why Vince hates tag wrestling so much, given we we talked about this last week on our top five women's matches. He really needs to go back through his archive. For a company that's so blinded by nostalgia having Legends nights and always talking about the past, he really needs to look deeper in his library to look when they originally had tag team titles and they actually had tag teams that were really good, like the Jumping Bomb Angels and the Glamour Girls. Take take a little bit of that, put it here, give us a proper tag division. You'll make money. And that's what you like, Vince. You like money. And give them a belt that doesn't look like a fucking toy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is a shame that we that we lost Heidi Lovelace. Uh however, this is someone that could show up wherever. I yeah. AEW seems like where she'll show up to me. Um because she's very good and AEW like that but truthfully she could go wherever the fuck she wants she could go to impact she could go to uh i think she, i think if she goes to anywhere other than aew she's probably winning some titles right that feels like the trajectory tra- trajectory for me uh if she goes to impact i could see her being women's champion there pretty soon um i'm not sure
1: i'm with you I've, i i <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm hoping it'll be AEW because even though their division has gotten a lot better (laughs) recently, but purely I'd say on the back of the likes of Britt Baker, they still need those people to inject the right blood into it to help elevate. And I think she's like a perfect name for that.
0: Yeah, I mean they've they've tried some things that have scrapped and and whatnot. They did that. Brandy did that thing. Do you know what I'm I'm on about? Brandy did a whole nightmare
1: collective. I think
0: it had a different name before that, maybe.
1: The stable, right? I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it
0: is the Nightmare Collective, but yeah. um, they they scrapped that pretty quick. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And a few other a few other things they just like, all right, we'll kill that. Uh, and they seem to be finding what's working so far. Britt Baker DMD, uh, Shida did pretty was starting to do pretty well and uh, getting over. I think it's a shame that she uh didn't get like a the win with the crowd properly. What you're talking about when Sheeta won, she she wasn't with the crowd, was it?
1: Oh, you mean when Sheeta won the battle? You went when Brit won the belt? Oh no, no, they no, very... were in front of full capacity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no Sheeta.
0: I think it was a shame, shame that Sheeta didn't. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure she didn't. Um... <clears throat> oh, there it is. The night, the belt, the new belt is just the same but bigger. It's fine. It it does look and, better
1: and gold. Yeah. It looks better. I'm with you. It looks way better than it did before.
0: I could see I could see Heidi Lovelace uh, winning that. Sure. Yeah.
1: I think the consensus is the world is her oyster at this point. So Yeah.
0: Oh, and from all accounts as well, she's apparently absolutely a gem and lovely. Oh, yeah. Every, everyone was posting about how uh, that's an
1: awful loss. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I said before about her being a good hand. It seems like no one had a bad word to say about her and everyone was absolutely heartbroken that she wasn't going to be there anymore. So it yep. speaks volumes to the kind of person she must have been. Yeah. Um right, well, you swift on. Um do you want me to kind of go over the next one? Are we going in order of the notes I've prepared, or would you like to pick pick one to do?
0: Let's just keep going. Same order, it's fine.
1: Same order. All right, then. So it's over to uh, the one I don't think uh, people were totally shocked about, but it was still like you've, you've let money run through your hands there, of course, being Alistair Black. I think the only way, the only <coughs> way people were shocked is because he, after what was it, a six-month absence, uh, absence, he finally came back, and it looked like he was where he needed to be. He was getting pushed. He was going to go to the feud of Big E. It looked like he could have been like perfect to get like the mid card going again. And then all of a sudden stripped away. Uh, But when you look back for the notes, we do in a second, like over then is running NXT, his main roster was a bit of a, it was a bit all over the place. It's like, they never knew fully what they wanted to do with him. Despite he's come out recently and said he had a good relationship with Vince and Vince had these ideas, but it seems like ultimately they just didn't know where or what they had and what they could have done with him.
0: Which well, so he came back with a dark, this dark father gimmick, right? Um, came out, attacked biggie. I think they had a planned match like the next week or something. Um, he pitched a bunch of ideas, he had a new theme, uh, all of this kind of thing that he, he showed it on on Twitch, I believe. Wow. and to me, it just speaks volumes on how how quickly and how possibly little thought went into all of this in firing them
1: yeah if you
0: got this all planned you've spent money on a new theme you've spent time planning everything out you're like okay well this is uh going forward this is his story with biggie and and you've booked out other wrestlers to be like this is gonna be their story it's all gonna you know and then just fucking get rid of him it's absolutely insane absolutely he's, insane
1: to quote the man himself in the tweet he put out pretty him straight away he said it was very left field i think he said so even he had no idea that he would have been up for the chop because like you say it seemed like they were basically they'd finally repackaged them they'd give them the new theme they'd done everything that would point to oh well you're safe you're going to be sticking around and then nope he's, he's just gone and he, and like, like you said he, like he doesn't seem upset or sour about it um and as again like the last one i think the world will be his oyster which we'll get on to but we've run down what he achieved so obviously before signing with wwe black had a lengthy career on the indies uh wrestling as tommy end uh he was pretty much popular across europe and the U- and the likes of the uk so he was quite a bit mainstream in the places like icw dub x dub and progress but he did have um quite popular on, on Overshores, so he wrestled for CZW, PWG, and BJW. Uh, on June 20, 2016, it was reported that Black had signed with WWE, and he had reported to the Performance Center. Uh, Vignettes began to air from the eighth from March, episode of NXT promoting Black's debut, and Black made his televised in-ring debut at TakeOver Orlando on the 1st of April, defeating Andrade Cien Almas. Uh, His first noble feud began 2nd of August, uh, prior to Black's match, Hideo Atami cut a promo in the ring demanding respect. Black interrupted, resulting in a standoff between the two, and then Black performed Black Mass on Atami. Atami attempted to attack Black afterwards, but the two were separated, and this led to their takeover Brooklyn free match, in which Black defeated Atami. Black then began a feud with the Velveteen Dream, where Dream constantly stalked and harassed Black in order for him to say his name, which resulted in their match at war games, which Black won, but in a bit of pure brilliance, he did say Velveteen's Name that—that that was that was a brilliant feud. I completely forgot about until I started doing these notes. Yeah, but uh, to build the whole thing around him wanting to say his name was per, was so well done.
0: Rest in infamy, velveteen dream was the line.
1: Yes, yes, that was it. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, On the 27th of December episode of NXT, Black suffered his first pinfall loss by Johnny Gargano uh, in a fiddle four-way match after interference from the Undisputed Area, which built to a match at TakeOver Philadelphia, in which Black defeated Adam Cole in an Extreme Rules match. Following his victory against Cole, Black would go on the hunt for the NXT Championships, which eventually led him to face Andrade at TakeOver New Orleans, and he did defeat Armas to win the NXT Championship. Black would only have a short hold of the title, however, as he lost the belt to Tommaso Champa on the 25th July episode of NXT, ending his reign at 108 days. Following week on NXT, Black approached the ring during Champa's address to the universe, only for Gar- Gargano to run out ahead of him and attack Champa. after which he attacked Gargano with a black mask before indicating that his NXT championship loss was Gar- Gargano's fault. I'm going to keep screwing that name up. Uh, a match between the three for the title was scheduled to take over Brooklyn Fall. <clears throat> however, Black was later found unconscious in the parking lot outside the arena after being attacked by an unseen and unknown assailant. It was later reported that Black was sent to a local medical facility and was announced as being unable to compete. Uh, After being out of action for two months, Black returned on the 17th of October episode of NXT, confronting Nikki Cross, who revealed that Johnny Gargano was the one who had attacked him, and a match between Black and Gargano was scheduled for TakeOver War Games, in which Black was victorious. At TakeOver Phoenix, Black failed to regain the championship from Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, in March, Black formed the tag team with Ricochet and the two competed in the 2019 Dusty Roads tag team classic and they won after defeating the Forgotten Sons in the final. This led to them having a match against the War Raiders uh, at TakeOver New York, but they failed in capturing the NXT tag team titles. On the 18th of February episode of Raw, <coughs> Black made his official debut on the main roster, defeating Elias. Black also continued his team with Ricochet, and the duo did compete for the Tag Team Championship at Fastlane that featured Bobby Roode and Chad Gable and the Revival, but failed to win. Black and Ricochet also competed for the SmackDown Championships in a fatal 4-way match the following month at WrestleMania 35, but again, were unsuccessful. Uh, as part of the Superstar Shake-Up, Black was drafted to Raw. However, uh, uh, however Black was... Uh, was drafted to the SmackDown Brown due to his real-life wife, Selena Vega, being drafted there, therefore splitting him from Ricochet. Black then began appearing on SmackDown, and his challenge was... Uh, I keep screwing up here. Black began uh, appearing in Onimus Backstage Promos in the Dark Room, awaiting a Challenger. On the 9th of July episode of SmackDown, his challenge was eventually accepted, with the mystery opponent revealed as Cesaro, who was Black's opponent Extreme Rules, and Black's <clears> first <throat> single pay-per-view since joining the main roster. Uh, Black defeated Cesaro at Extreme Rules. As part of the 2019 draft in October, Black was drafted to Raw. Over the following weeks, Black would develop a winning streak squashing his opponents, and on the 18th of November sort of Raw, Buddy Murphy went to Black's locker room to challenge him, but Black was absent, and Murphy claimed that Black was all talk and no fight. The following week, Black appeared and attacked Murphy after his match, and a match between Black and Murphy was scheduled for tables, and chairs, which Black won. Following this, Black was in a couple of feuds with the likes of the OC and Bobby Lashley, and he also qualified for the Money and Bank ladder match, which was no because that was where him and Rey Mysterio were thrown off the WWE headquarters roof during the match, and everyone thought they died, but they came up with the bullshit excuse that they landed on a smaller roof, just slightly below. Uh, following this, Black began a feud with Seth Rollins and Murphy after Rollins injured Rey Mysterio's eye, and on the 27th, uh, 27th of July sort of Raw, Murphy injured Black's right eye by driving it through the steel steps on the 24th august episode of raw black now wearing an eye bandage returned during the kevin owens show and attacked kevin owens turning heel the following week on Raw, he attacked kevin owens again with his black mass finishing move before a match against randy orton which owens lost on the following Uh, following September episode of Raw, Owens defeated Black, and Owens would go on to defeat Black again with a disqualification on the 28th of September episode of Raw. On the 12th of October episode of Raw, Black would lose again to Owens in a no disqualification match, ending the feud, and as part of the 2020 draft in October, Black was drafted to SmackDown. However, following the draft, Black would appear from television for six months. After his absence, Black returned on the April 23rd, 2021 episode of SmackDown, and the Vignette promoting his return. After several Weeks of vignettes. Black returned on the May 21st episode of SmackDown, attacking (coughs) Biggie with the Black Mask, which again uh, allowed Apollo Cruz to retain the Intercontinental Championship. However, as we know, he was then released on the second June 2nd of 2021 by WWE. Uh, Black later revealed on a Twitch stream that the day release was alleged due to budget cuts, and that he and Vincent McMahon were on really good terms and expressed interest in returning later down the road. Just a shame. Just the it's talent. Just a shame, like we've seen, seen there. Like in NXT. <coughs> uh, something else that came out recently was apparently Vince wanted him up quite early in his NXT run, and Triple H really had to fight to keep him in NXT a bit longer. So it, it's just really weird. Reports. It seems like Vince was very high on him, but then when he actually had him, just didn't fucking know what he wanted to do with him. It's that.
0: It's a dog chasing car you know, type thing. He doesn't know what to do when he actually catches it, uh, which is a shame. And I, I I, just fear every time a new feud happens or a new storyline goes on, like Matt Riddle with Randy Orton right now, I just worry that Randy Orton's just going to turn around RKO and then we are not going to see Riddle again for like three months. For no reason, other than he's got bored of it uh, and similar things happened here, it seems. He's just... He was just gone. They had so many ideas and stories. The budget cut reasons are stupid bullshit, Hmm. really, because it's hand over fist profit.
1: Yeah.
0: It's billions in profit. It's the bottom line that they wanted to just raise by a million total uh, for all these people being gone just because they had an investor meeting next week and it sounds slightly better when in the grand scheme, a million is you know fuck all uh in terms of like their actual uh their actual worth
1: i mean i i, I mean i don't know what he was learning, but I doubt it was anywhere near Braun as well No. so it's 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 still surprising <coughs> um i mean i mean the obvious thing to this is that he did deserve more in WWE and it was it seemed like he was willing to, he seems like he pitched all kinds of ideas and was constantly trying to get stuff on TV. And for whatever reason, he just got, got told to sit in catering. I think I think a lot of people still seem to think maybe it's because of the whole thing with Selena, but even he doesn't seem to really think that's been caused much of an issue because he did say he kept his work life, as work and his personal life as his personal life. He yeah, I,
0: I don't... Let that get in the way. I don't think it was that, and partly because I really don't want it to be that. Because if that's the case, and that's how petty this man actually is, uh, Vinnie Mac, then then it it should been shut down long ago. Oh um, yes,
1: yeah.
0: I think that the it's good he's gone because they gave him a quite a cool entrance where he like comes up like that, and they made it creak. Why did they make it creak? <laughs> Why did they fucking make it creak? <laughs> The whole point of him like going up like that is that it's supposed to be like a some kind of like vampiric thing. Not yeah. his bones going. Arr. It's not supposed to be it's not supposed to be a fucking uh uh rusty gate on a graveyard. It's yeah. supposed to be him fucking vampirically just the No Man is ever truly good. That <laughs> uh big shame big sad shame
1: but uh unless this is one of the names they want to snap back up I would we've already talked about this before I would love to see him in New Japan in the G1 just kicking dudes in the head just just it would be amazing and then of course he gets to go back to his much better name of Tommy fucking end Mm -hmm. Tommy 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 fucking End. I didn't mind
0: Um, Alice the Black Alice Alice the Black's
1: a great name but I think Tommy ends a much better name
0: and... I don't know. I'm indifferent. I think they're both the same to me.
1: Well, you're wrong, but All right. it's your opinion and whatever.
0: Oh, well, I'm gonna Tommy end this conversation. <laughs> I'll give you an Alice the Black Eye. Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> before right. we uh, before we just Alice stare at each other.
1: Uh yeah, so this one I'm surprised didn't happen a while ago, but who knows? So obviously it was Lana was also released. There she is. Um yeah, so when obviously Rusev left, there was obviously, it was surprising that she was this far behind going with them. Um as we'll see in the later stuff, maybe Vince kept her around for his amusement given the the storyline she had last year. We'll get onto that. But yeah, well, what's your thoughts on Lana leaving? Or been told to leave. Rather,
0: not surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhat, somewhat disappointing because I think she was she's actually a really really good uh, uh, talent, especially manager wise. And she's seems to have been like, in comparison with a lot of the other wrestlers there, she's still very green. Um, but she had been putting in the work and she was doing fairly well. And they they'd put her in a tag team and i like tag teams uh and it also means that you know her weaknesses could be held up by uh, Naomi's strengths it also means that when you when you kick someone out who is in a team with someone you you fuck over the other person as well you know yeah they're not suddenly going to be put into a different feud they're just going to meander about and be in a precarious position being catering <sighs> for a while
1: i mean that was already kind of happening anyway because <coughs> i don't think i don't think after mania the pair of them would have been seen on tv right i mean i don't watch raw and smackdown anyway but i think I they'd think been on them. i
0: think they'd been on a little bit yeah they had some some backstage things and they, i think they had a couple matches I okay um, maybe i'm but, wrong on that yeah it's a shame. Definitely a, a very good talent. Um, possibly you know, far better as a manager, I would say. Uh, Absolutely.
1: The earlier stuff before she got in the ring was tremendous. It was like, I don't like to use the word valet because that is a very archaic term, but she was like the next step along from that where it was like a more modern view on it, if that made sense. It wasn't just she was pretty eye She was a legit good manager at a company and her husband at the ring and could get him good heat as well especially in the early days like when I' going through the notes they did she did say a lot of controversial things just to get <clears> their <throat> characters over and I mean it worked I guess I guess it made it made them popular
0: yeah I mean they did it they told the most classic wrestling story of foreign person bad America good and they told it like really well and quite fun. Uh, sure there's some xenophobia here and there uh but as that story went it was really good and also rusev came in on a fucking tank it's really cool yeah Um, (laughs) so she signed with wwe in 2013 june 2013 where she was sent to their developmental branch nxt she debuted on october 23rd 2013 Uh, under the ring name Lana, scouting Alexander Rusev. On the November 6th episode of NXT, Lana became Rusev's social ambassador, using a Russian accent and developing a character who majored in foreign affairs and business and social media marketing in college. Lana made her main roster debut on January 31st, episode of SmackDown, where she and Rusev in the following weeks appeared in a series of self-promotional videos and speeches. In early May, Lana began uh, uh, dedicating Rusev's matches to her hero, president of Russia, Vladimir Putin, as well as adopting an anti-American, uh, russophilic gimmick. Uh, Lana would have a somewhat controversial time in WWE with one of the first instances occurring when she made some controversial comments during an in-ring promo prior to Rusev's match at battleground. Uh, blaming the United States for current world events and praising Putin. Although she did not directly mention it, some media outlets said that Lana was making reference to the crash of the Malaysia airline flight 17, which happened three days before battleground to help build a heat for Rusev in his feud against Jack Swagger. Uh, a representative of WWE later told TMZ that the segment was not specifically about the Malaysian airlines crash, noting that Rusev Lana's storyline has been a part of the WWE program for more than three months. WWE apologized to anyone who misunderstood the last night's segment and was offended. Lana would stay at Rusev's manager for a long portion of the early run. However, on May 17th at Payback, Sina defeated Rusev in an I quit match uh, after Lana quit on Rusev's behalf. This caused the pair to split and for her to align herself with Dolph Ziggler turning her face. Some array was added to the mix of the feud. However, it became somewhat murked as Lana and Rusev uh, became engaged in real life. On top of that, wrist injury brought the whole thing to an end. It was during this time that Lana, making steps to becoming a wrestler, uh, though it was apparent she was very green, having no previous background. She had brief feuds and appeared in qualifying matches for the likes of Money in the Bank. She was also an entrant in the first ever Women's Royal Rumble. Throughout late July 2018, she was booked with Rusev and Aiden English against Andrade, Cian Almas, and Zelina Vega. This turned Lana face for the first time since 2015. At SummerSlam, Lana and Rusev face Vega and Almas, which they lost. However, they won the rematch on the following night on SmackDown. She competed at WrestleMania 35 in the annual Women's WrestleMania Battle Royal match, but did not win. Lana turned heel uh, again on September 30th, 2019 edition of Raw, after betraying Rusev and kissing Bobby Lashley. Scandalous during Rusev's Universal Championship match with Seth Rollins. After Rusev was legitimately released from his WWE contract, Lana remained in character, mocking him on social media. Lana then began a feud with MVP after he tried to gain Lashley as an ally. At Backlash, Lashley was unsuccessful in capturing the WWE Championship due to an altercation uh, between MVP and Lana at ringside. Uh, which allowed Drew McIntyre to retain his championship. The following night on Raw, Lashley confronted Lana and blamed her for his loss at Backlash, stating that she used him to get famous, including making their sex life public. Lashley would then ask for a divorce before leaving with MVP. On the September 14th episode of Raw, after Lana and Natalya lost to the Riot Squad, Nia Jax performed a Samoan drop on Lana through the commentator's table. And that would become a theme. <laughs> uh, Jax, would Simone drop Lana through the table on a weekly basis during Raw on the October 12th episode of Raw. Uh, Lana, uh, after Lana and Natalia lost to Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose, Natalia left Lana in the ring, uh, claims that she's done, thus ending their alliance. On the main event on this on the same show, Lana won a battle royal by last eliminating Natalia to challenge the Raw Women's Champion Asuka for the title. Turning face in the process. In the following week on Raw, Lana challenged Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship but was unsuccessful after the match. Jack Simone dropped Lana through the commentator's table for the fifth week in a row. On November 22nd at Survivor Series, Lana participated in the traditional Survivor Series Elimination match as part of Team Raw. During the match, Lana was told by her teammates to stand on the ring steps, not to tag her in again. At the end of the match, Jax and Bianca Belair from Team SmackDown were counted out, leaving Lana the sole survivor thus winning the match for her team. On the next day on Raw, Lana challenged Asuka again for the Raw Women's Championship. However, the match ended in a no contest as Asuka was attacked by the Raw uh, by the Women's Tag Team champions Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, who were on commentary. As Lana saved Asuka from Jax, who tried to Samoan drop her through the commentator's table. The two defeated uh, Baszler and Jax as Lana escaped, going through a table for the first time in a couple of weeks. On the next Raw, Raw Women's Champion Asuka and Lana defeated the Women's Tag Team Champions again after Lana pinned Baszler. On the December 14th, 2020 episode of Raw, Jackson Baszler injured Lana's arm and leg, making her unable to compete in the TLC pay-per-view match with Asuka as her partner against Jackson Baszler. She returned on January 31st, 2021, at the Royal Rumble as the 26th entrant and lasted 9 minutes, 28 seconds before being eliminated by Natalia. The following night on Raw, she teamed with Naomi to earn the future Women's Tag Team Championship match. Uh, they were scheduled to fight in a tag team turmoil match in night one of WrestleMania 37 to determine the number one contenders for WWE's Women's Tag Team Championship at night two against Nia Jackson, and Shayna Baszler, and they were eliminated by Billy Kay and Carmella. Lana was instalment on getting Rusev over as a heel because he's too likeable on his own. That is true. Yeah, that is yeah, true. Yeah. If Rusev was on his own, he would have become... Uh, Rusev Day would have happened way sooner. <sighs> yeah, without a doubt. It's a shame. Uh, she's going to AEW with Rusev. Moving on. That's basically it. Moving on.
1: Well, do you, to take us through, uh, <laughs> do you want to take us through the next one because I know you're a big fan of Murphy. It's my
0: boy Murphy. Uh, Murphy and Alistair Black being released at the same time is uh, rather serendipitous uh, almost fortuitous because these two in WWE practically had a linked career for a, a short time uh, yeah. yes they had that great match in on the main roster but before Alistair Black was moved up while they were both in NXT there was a whole house show circuit of these two just wrestling and it was like match of the night every night and they were just amazing and had great chemistry and you know for the for their part i think they both did a fairly good job when they moved up um, murphy obviously was you know tried to find his footing and where he did i think he he you can't shake a stick at what he did on the main roster i think
1: no well put it this way literally was about a month ago we were talking about his partner (coughs) blake and how he basically was always on the the coat the coattails of someone else whatever tag team was part of and murphy's kind of the prime example of that like he just shot off after their tag team ended and yeah fair enough you can say he wasn't always featured prominently but he was part of some pretty big storylines i mean he was part of so what you want about the eye for an eye thing? That was one of the most talked about storylines, and he was a pretty big player in that. And even when he wasn't like featuring a big storyline, he was having show stealing matches. whether that was in the cruiserweight division or again with the likes of Alistair Black. So he was he, he was someone who really fought to prove his worth. <clears throat> yes. And I think it's going to do well for him going elsewhere following this.
0: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, his matches with Mustafa Ali. I think that was the height of two hundred five live for me. Uh, that was the point because I didn't watch it on a, on the reg. I definitely lost interest uh, when Enzo Amore was there. I lost interest when they lost uh, uh, Neville uh, when Pack left. Um, but when he was champ and he was putting on these mad matches and he just exceptional. It, it was incredible. Um, a real loss of talent. The kind of person that if you're going to do a 205 live, if you're going to do a cruiserweight division, he is your perfect building block for that because mm. he's fucking incredible. And he he looks like a monster of the cruiserweight division, which he was for a long time. He has some amazingly innovative offen- uh, offense. Uh, Murphy's Law, one of my favorite moves. It's just, uh, it's just like what? A pump handle spinning uh, Samoan drop. Right? Because you kind of get him up like that, kind of in a pump handle, spins into a Samoan drop type deal.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah.
0: It, yeah. It, it's something that he, he's able to make th- quite a simple move, really. It's practically just a Samoan drop that spins, make these things look uh, incredible and over the top and mad. And he is just exceptional. But let's go through his history. Before signing with WWE, Murphy had a successful career on the Indies as Matt Silver. Despite wrestling for various promotions, he was mostly a mainstay in his home country with the promotion Melbourne City Wrestling, where he was their champion for 293 days. On the 17th of March, 2013, Murphy signed a developmental contract with WWE and was assigned to the, their developmental territory, NXT. Uh, He mostly would make house show appearances under the name Buddy Murphy. In August 2014, Murphy formed a tag team with Wesley Blake on the 14th August episode of NXT. They defeated uh, in the first round of a number one contender tag team tournament by the Lucha Dragons. The pair would feud with the Dragons and the Villains for the rest of the year. On the 21st of January 2015, episode of NXT, Blake and Murphy defeated the Vaude villains and quickly challenged the Lucha Dragons to a title match. On the 28th of January, episode of NXT, Blake and Murphy defeated the champions to win the NXT Tag Team Championships, making uh, Murphy the first Australian to hold a championship in WWE. The pair would enter a number of feuds during their time as champions, but their most notable was against Enzo Amore and Cass, Colin Cassidy. The pair would eventually add Alexa Bliss to their team, who was at the time in a real-life relationship uh, with Murphy. They got a pig together, uh, which uh, unfortunately passed away, Larry Steve, wow. uh, very recently. Uh, yeah. After making several successful title defenses, Blake and Murphy lost the championship to the Ward Villains at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, ending their reign at 219 days. Not long after losing the belts, the team would split up, and Murphy would mainly make a few televised matches before being called up. In early 2018, Murphy lost about 25 pounds and asked to, to compete on the 205 Live brand. On 20th of February, episode of 205 Live, he made his debut as a participant in the Cruiserweight Championship tournament, defeating Arya Davari in the first round but lost to Mustafa Ali in the quarterfinals. Murphy would have many shots of the title that ultimately proved unsuccessful. On the 6th of October at Super Showdown, in his hometown of Melbourne, Murphy defeated Alexander to win the Cruiserweight Championship, his first singles title in WWE, the first Australian man to com- uh, to accomplish this feat. He would hold onto the belt for 183 days before losing the title to Tony Nese on the WrestleMania pre-show. Pre-show. Uh, on 16th of April 2019, Murphy was drafted to the SmackDown brand as part of the Superstar ShakeUp. Murphy had various feuds during this time and wowed audiences and critics with his in ring work. On the 14th of October, Murphy was drafted to the Raw brand as part of the 2019 draft. Over the following weeks, Murphy would develop a winning streak, defeating the likes of Our truth Cedric Alexander, Akira Tozawa, Matt Hardy, Zack Ryder. He entered in a 20-man battle royal at Crown Jewel on the 31st of October to determine who would face AJ Styles for the United States Championship later in the night, but he failed to win. Murphy engaged in a feud with Alice the Black towards the end of 2019. However, he lost the Black at TLC. Tables, ladders, and chairs. uh, The 30th of December episode of Raw... And a 13th of January 2020 episode of Raw. On the 13th of January episode of Raw, after losing his match to Arthur Black, Murphy sat at ringside in distress. Uh, Throughout the remainder of the show, during the main event, Murphy aligned with the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins, and AOP, authors of Pain, allowing them to defeat Big Show, Samoa Joe, and Kevin Owens, and joining in their stable as a disciple. The following week on Raw, Murphy and Rollins defeated the Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar, to win the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship. On 7th of February, his uh, ring name was shortened back to simply Murphy. Murphy and Rollins successfully defended their titles against the Street Profits at Super Showdown on 27th of February, but eventually lost the titles to them in a rematch on the 2nd of March episode of Raw. The reign ended at 42 days. Murphy and Rollins failed to reclaim the championships from the team at Elimination Chamber six days later. In May, Murphy and Rollins started a feud with Rey Mysterio and his family, as well as the Black. At payback, Murphy and Rollins lost to Mysterio and his son Dominic, uh after Murphy accidentally kicked Rollins, costing them the match. On the 15th of September episode of Raw, Rollins attacked Murphy after Murphy cost Rollins in a steel, cost in a steel cage match against Dominic, leading to Murphy getting closer with Rey Mysterio's daughter, uh, Aaliyah. As part of the 2020 draft, in October, Murphy was drafted to SmackDown Brand. The storyline continued uh, when after Aaliyah kissed Murphy. Uh, On the 13th of November, episode of SmackDown, Murphy turned on Rollins, thus turning him face for the first time in his WWE career. Murphy defeated Rollins the following week on SmackDown to end the storyline. The love storyline between Murphy and Aaliyah would be dropped shortly after, and Murphy would be taken off television. Good, I think. It was was always a little bit creepy. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Murphy returned on the 5th of March, 2021, episode of SmackDown, trying to reunite with Seth Rollins against Cesaro, to which Rollins... buffed. Murphy would then go on to lose a match against Cesaro. Murphy's last WWE appearance took place on April 9th, 2021 WrestleMania edition of SmackDown in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, having been eliminated by King Corbin. Uh, 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 sad, but again, won titles, did amazing, um, worked. That That's a very... Uh, Brass ring grabbing performance.
1: It was. It, it seemed like, <coughs> especially when you look at this stuff, maybe when he was in NXT as Blake and Murphy, that was good. But then after that, it felt like, well, what's he going to do now? And he kept constantly outdoing people's expectations, I would say. I think he went from being someone who many people wouldn't have thought much of. And then because of these tremendous matches and the fact he kept getting himself in the title shot, people do remember him and he, he proved how much of a great worker he was. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. Go wherever you want.
0: Mercer. Yeah, exactly. go, go wherever the fuck you want. G one would be amazing. The not? thing is, the thing is, he could go to the G one and do amazing in the G one, or he could go to the Best of the Super Juniors and just dominate the entire division for years. Because uh, he's amazing. I don't yeah. know. I don't even know what stable. I think he'd be a good fit for a Bullet Club uh, type, maybe. I think I think he's got that like heelish attitude for the Bullet Club. Don't know if he'd fit in very well.
1: L I J Australia
0: Division. Nah, he's not he's not tranquilo uh, enough. He's uh, not chill. He's not chill. Uh, <laughs> he could be, maybe. Andrade will, will go and, and be tranquilo again, but uh, but no. Matt Silver. You are like one of the best fucking uh, Cruiserweights in the biz, so you'll be fine. Oh, yeah,
1: it'll be sorted. <coughs> Next, reach well, last one on the docket, and probably by no means last, but one who had basically the shortest run there was uh Santana Garrett. Um, I haven't got a lot of notes for this, so I'll just quickly fly through them and then give our our thoughts on where she might end up. So, uh, Santana Garrett, before signing with WWE, Garrett has had a pretty strong career working for the likes of TNA and Impact, Stardom, Wow and Shine. Uh, In September of 2013, Garrett did receive a tryout with WWE in the developmental for NXT, um, but uh, she was ultimately, uh, where she's Face Charlotte, but um, ended up losing. So she wasn't really kept on after that. In 2016, though not signed with WWE, she did make appearances on NXT, losing to the likes of Asuka, Emma, and Billy Kay. In 2017, uh, she did return as part of the Mae Young Classic before being <coughs> eliminated in the first round by Pippa Niven. Uh, Piper Niven, sorry. Uh, she made an appearance on the October 26, 2017 episode of NXT, participating in a battle royal which was won by Nikki Cross to determine the number one contender for the vacant NXT Women's Championship at WarGames. Uh, on the July 4 2018 episode of NXT, Garrett was defeated by Dakota Kai. In mid August 2019, it was announced that Garrett had o- officially signed a contract and would report to the Performance Center before she appeared in the developmental company NXT. On November 6, 2019, episode of NXT, Santana made her in ring debut in a losing effort against uh, Tainara. Uh, uh, the <laughs> In a losing effort to Connie. Uh, on January 15, 2020, Santana was an entrant in the number one contenders' battle royal for the face re- rate for the championship at TakeOver Portland, but was eliminated by Shayna Baszler. On April 17th, twenty twenty episode of Main Event, Garrett made a debut on the main roster, losing to Liv Morgan. And on April 20th episode of Raw, Santana made a Raw debut, but was quickly defeated by Bianca Belair. Garrett had a losing streak in NXT, losing to the likes of Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, Mia Yim in convincing fashion, while also failing to win one of them. Uh, win any on the main roster? Garrett ended her losing streak on the June 3rd, 2020 episode of NXT, with a win over uh, I- 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 Leia. on July 1st, 2020 episode of NXT. Santana was squashed by the returning Mercedes Martinez, with uh, who no sold her offense. Santana entered the 2021 Women's Royal Rumble at number 12. She was eliminated in four minutes and 31 seconds by Rhea Ripley without eliminating anyone herself. So uh, Again, it's one where you look at it and you think, well, she didn't do a lot there, so maybe it's not surprising, but it's surprising in the sense when you look at her history beforehand, she's been quite around for a while and seems to be like a very popular hand. So, yeah, I think easily she'll just go back to the likes of TNA Impact or Stardom and continue doing great <clears> stuff <throat> there, to be honest.
0: Yeah, if anything, I really hope it's bolstered her stock and and the amount of money that she get at those areas as well. Uh, I want to thank hold on let me just uh let me just wait no me hello <laughs> i want to i want to sincerely thank uh santana garrett and anyone called garrett because you're the only reason that i can get announcers in the, in those games to say my name uh because americans don't say garrett they they say garrett like garrett is it garrett and they say it the same way uh so much so that all the Americans I've spoken to in my old work used to think I was actually called Garrett. But anyway, yeah, that's a little bit of a tangent. So thank you for having that name. You're a lifesaver for me. (laughs) I mean, all it is, is just an announcer saying my name in a video game, but all right. Anyway, (laughs) basically what what I'm saying is, uh, is that her ring name? Is that her ring name? Or is that her name? Because if that's I, her name, I hope she signs for AEW so that I can have my name in AEW video game. I, please, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think she's always used Santana Garrett wherever she's been. So maybe but that... did she go there and then WWE like
0: copyright?
1: copyright? <laughs> we, we, we own we own you now. We own this name. Uh, I think Santana Garrett's her actual name.
0: Good, wonderful. It's a good name. Yeah, that G nothing... that G G A is a good way to start a name.
1: Yeah, there's nothing. Well, I'm not only looking on Wikipedia, but there's nothing to indicate she's got an actual real name. This must be her real name.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I I, I haven't been um, put onto too many of her too many of her matches. I think now nice. should he go should should she go somewhere else? I think I very much will. Um, yeah, but it, it's the kind of person that I really hope this does bolster her stock. She gets to do even better contract negotiations wherever she wants. Um, and just just gets to show WWE what they're missing, you know, and what they fucked up on. Yeah, that's, seems- that's that's the best revenge is is like going to succeed somewhere else, and and like there are multiple people like that who, I mean, you know, Cody Cody going somewhere else and just being the hottest thing in the world having. Oh, yeah. To some of the best matches and best emotional moments ever, uh, it's that's that's the best payback you can do.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I've completely forgotten my point now. Yeah, it's, no, all it's right. gone. It's that's gone. All right. It, it was it was one of those <clears> names that when I saw it, I can comp- I like had completely no clue. Who who she was like, I just can't remember ever seeing her much on doing NXT TV. That was it. I mean the thing is like it seemed it must be very bittersweet for it because she when you look at those notes she had multiple times trying to get there and then she finally got there and it's literally ended in a flash. <clears throat> but hopefully it'll like a lot of these releases it'll just rejuvenate them and make them want to do amazing stuff elsewhere just to kind of prove their worth. And I think she's easily image that can do that. It seems like she's had already had a pretty amazing run outside of w so i don't think she's going to struggle to find work i think she'll get snapped up by the lights of impact again or even you know go to AEW, prove yourself there so i think she's still got a lot ahead of her to be honest
0: yeah i hope so um again when we talk about i think what a lot of people do get bogged down is, is just like um oh this person should have been champion this person should have been this i i really hope and and think that um she probably feels very proud and so she and she really should of of getting into the you know being being because what she was in at NXT at the time hadn't been too televised much, but like to be able to be picked and be like, Yeah, women's Royal Rumble, that's that's got to be like, Yeah, like pretty, uh, a, a pretty good feeling. If I was if I was picked for to, to jump into the women's Royal Rumble, I'd be like, Why are you putting me there? Uh, that's that's a bit you probably shouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> but if I was picked for the men's Royal Rumble. And that that was as far as that was like the highlight that would still be a highlight, you know, and, oh, yeah. and something I'd be very proud of. And something I would put in my resume so that people paint me more.
1: <laughs> Has been in Royal Rumble.
0: WWE Royal Rumble star. Uh, yeah. Garrett. Garrett. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, any closing thoughts there, my friend? Um,
0: if any of these people get re-signed I hope it's because WWE are desperate and I hope they pay them a lot of money
1: yeah because they're because... all pretty much everyone on that list is worth money yeah.
0: yeah the person the person that like shouldn't be the person that came from no wrestling background well two of them came from like barely any wrestling background Lana and uh, Strowman and yet You know, were made into these entirely different, but entirely competent and brilliant characters, and then just gone. It's that's mad. It's crazy. That's crazy to me. Where you they because they they rarely build their own talent anymore these days, and to then just get rid of it's just sad. (laughs) Yeah, it's just so sad because they're so good. All of yeah. everyone
1: on this list is great. Yeah, Vince had what he probably wants as his own homegrown monster, and he let that monster go. Either way, as we've seen recently with the likes of Andrade finally being able to now show up elsewhere, showing up in AEW, it's going to be an exciting couple of months once their no competes run out. As you as you say, it's not worth the money they're printed on. They could easily fight that if they wanted to. So either way. It's gonna be exciting for us, the fans, to check out. Yeah, that's uh, why it's
0: why that's why Andrade's there right now. Just as soon as he could, he's out. Andrade El Idolo, by the way. He's got a he's got a long fucking longer name. Andrade C- <laughs> Andrade CN Almas is fucking great. What a name. Just naming him Andrade, fuck off. <laughs> Just fuck off. It's crazy. What is Vince? Unless, 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 uh, unless Santana Garrett moves up and she's just called Garrett. That's fine with me. That's fine. Yeah.
1: That's fine. That's the exception to the rule. I mean, that's just Vince's madness of wanting to give people one name to remember them, like Riddle. Like just why why how, who can't remember Matt Riddle?
0: What is he now? Is he just Riddle? I forget. Just
1: Riddle, but I, I everyone still, I think it, still I think calls be, him Matt Riddle. I think it'd be it's more hilarious name. if he was
0: if he was just Matt. That Matt. would be hilarious. It would
1: fit the Stoner character a lot more. Dude, Dude, it's Matt. <laughs> All right. I think that'll wrap it up there. Yeah. So yeah, as usual, if you want to find us on any of the socials, uh, it's the Bear Hook Club podcast on Facebook and YouTube, Bear Hook Club Pod on Instagram, and Bear Hook Club on Twitter. And you can also check out our website, which is bearhookpod.wixsite.com forward slash Bearhook Clouds. Been doing a lot of cool stuff there and been Tinkering with it a bit. So uh please go check there for things like matches you need to see. We're also starting our guide to wrestling. I've already put the dictionary glossary thing up on there if you want to go refresh yourself on some cool words. Uh we won't be here next week because it's our scheduled week off. So we'll catch you in about two weeks' time. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Mwah.
0: Mwah. Mwah. We're releasing you.